0: what do icebergs and sourdough bread have to do with happiness? Find out today as we explore the question of how we change culture and develop the skill of happiness together. Today, we'll find wisdom in uncommon places in this soul-filling episode of the Happiness Playbook. Let's dive in. Welcome to The Happiness Playbook, a podcast where we explore the why and how of happiness. I'm your host, Neil Hooper, and I just wanted to remind you that life is a team sport, so let's play together. And now for a quick highlight reel to brighten your day. In Michigan, there are three sisters who are actually triplets, who are all pregnant and now scheduled to each have a baby within four months of each other. Gina, Nina, and Victoria, who are born four minutes apart, are now all going to deliver a trio of babies over the next four months. I just thought that was delightful and a fun story to share with you, so hopefully that brightens your day. What is culture? A formal definition can be found on the official website for the Center for Advanced Research on Language Acquisition, which is the shared patterns of behaviors and interactions, cognitive constructs, and effective understanding that are learned through a process of socialization a very secular definition, but culture can also be viewed as the invisible hand that motivates a group or organization's collective thinking, action, and outcomes. Culture is very powerful, and we've all experienced healthy and productive cultures, and also unhealthy and toxic ones. So much of the metaphorical current we experience in a group of people or organization is due to the culture we find ourselves in. Another way to think about it is through the lens of icebergs. Icebergs are famously disproportionate in terms of visibility. You can see the top 10% of the iceberg, but 90% of its mass is below the surface. Culture is similar. You can observe about 10% of it, but to comprehend the rest, you have to go deeper. This is known as the iceberg model of culture. It was developed by anthropologist Edward T. Hall, who, in the 1970s, defined many of our fundamental ideas about culture today. Hall's model has provided a great way for us to capture the complexity of human cultures. What you perceive as culture actually runs much deeper. And with this analogy in mind, we can begin to understand why it's so hard to shape and change culture. So I want to keep exploring the power of culture here with the process of making sourdough bread. Now, I know that sounds strange, but just stick with me. If you've ever had the opportunity to go to San Francisco, California, where it seems like every restaurant serves sourdough bread, or to many other parts of the world where it is a staple, then you have experienced the distinctive tangy taste of sourdough bread. The taste is what makes sourdough bread unique, but have you ever wondered where that taste comes from and what makes sourdough bread unique? I was curious, and so I did a little research and found some really cool principles that I want to talk to you about. So you actually make sourdough bread from the same basic ingredients that you use for any other bread. The two most important ingredients are flour and yeast. But the big difference between sourdough bread and the normal bread you buy or bake is the source of the yeast. Most bakers today use cultivated yeast that comes in a package. Packaged yeast has been dried, preserved, and formed into a powder. You add flour, water, sugar, and salt to the yeast to make a loaf of bread. Pretty simple. The water reactivates the yeast which is actually fungi and then it helps the bread rise. So we're pretty familiar with that process. But sourdough bread, on the other hand, deals with yeast in a completely different way. Sourdough yeast fungi are actually kept alive constantly in a liquid medium which is actually referred to as culture. So this is where the fun analogy really starts to take shape. This culture is crucial, and it actually takes very intentional effort to keep the sourdough culture alive. You can obviously get a culture that's already been started from somebody else. And then you can actually share the culture and keep it going. And it can spread and share. And there's actually some very famous sourdough cultures that are still being spread that are hundreds of years old. So it's really crazy when you do the research and and learn more about it. But there's actually two options. And this is the crazy part. You can either get a culture from somebody else or you can actually capture wild yeast that is just floating in the air and create a culture from scratch. Isn't that crazy? I've never done this deep of research on sourdough bread, so this is very interesting to me. It's this starter, though, this culture that gives sourdough bread its distinctive taste. The cool thing about sourdough is that this process dates back hundreds of years. Obviously, before there was packaged yeast, bakers used sourdough starter cultures to keep a supply of yeast alive and handy to make bread. They actually kept a pot of live culture in a flour water medium and then fed it daily or weekly so that the yeast remained alive and active. So this is kind of fun. If you ever want to make sourdough yourself, you actually got to mix flour and water together and then you lay a cloth over the top and let it sit. It turns out that there is yeast just floating in the air all around us all the time and some of this yeast will make its way to your flour water mixture. It will then start growing and dividing but you have to keep feeding it which for some reason makes me a little uncomfy the idea of feeding your food. Tui you talked. You you open your trap, you you sing and you sing. Feed me, come on, feed me now. The mixture will become frothy as the yeast population grows. The starter will also have a bacteria, and I'm going to totally butcher the name of this bacteria, lactobacilli, lactobacilli in it. (laughs) This bacteria, I'm just going to say the bacteria, lends to the slightly acidic flavor of the bread by creating lactic acid. The alcohol that the yeast creates and the lactic acid together are the source of sourdough bread's unique flavor. As the culture ferments and develops, listen with your metaphorical ears here, it develops that strong aroma and unique flavor. Once you've successfully grown your culture, you can then use it to make some delicious bread. Okay, so thank you for bearing with me on that process. I found it very fascinating, uh, the whole process of creating this culture and that the yeast can be, you know, kind of snatched out of the air to create your own culture. That's crazy. But let's think about this for a minute and how we can apply these lessons from sourdough culture to social culture and how to improve, create, and sustain it. Just like the sourdough culture, social and organizational culture has to be fed regularly to maintain its growth and keep producing desirable results. The second we stop getting intentional about being positive and looking outward in all we think, say, and do to others around us, the culture will begin to deteriorate. A few years ago, Aubrey and I actually had a sourdough culture that we got online, and it came in this little cool ceramic jar. And we actually named it. her name was Scarlet and she was our culture and we kept her alive for several months. But then Aubrey left town for a few weeks and I forgot about her (laughs) without the care and intentionality and feeding Scarlet. She died. Social culture is no different. It takes constant care and maintenance and it has to be fed, right? And you need those feeders, those positive feeders in a group to keep that culture going, whether it's the leadership, the person who's at the the front of the group, or just mixing those positive outward focused people within the group. You have to feed the culture or Just like the sourdough culture, it begins to deteriorate and it can die. Another principle here that is very interesting is that cleanliness is essential. You have to be careful of what is introduced into the dough during the sourdough bread making process. So this is something else I learned in my research, especially when creating your own starter culture, is that you can actually introduce bad bacteria if you're not careful. And studies have shown the bacteria to grow starting at the four-hour mark, so it can actually happen pretty soon into the exposure. And you have to work on clean surfaces and with clean equipment and supplies in order to prevent the wrong bacteria from becoming a part of your culture. Now, we have all felt this effect in social cultures, and this is equally important when we are talking about human culture. Toxic bacteria, from a metaphorical perspective, can easily become part of the interactions if we allow it. We must be present and aware of what is influencing our culture. And when we take note of that, we have to be intentional about not allowing that toxic culture to creep in. And this is actually one of the most important ways we can look at outward especially if you are overseeing a group of people in any social setting you can do this by positively contributing to and preserving healthy and positive cultures and this idea is beautifully captured with a simple question that we have mentioned on the show and that is asking what is needed if you can keep this question in your mind and heart what is needed, and then courageously act on the thoughts that follow, you can become an unstoppable force for good. Being an example of looking outward, a friendly reminder or even feedback to others from time to time can go a long way in helping shape culture and prevent toxic culture from creeping in. I got to share a story here that when I was facilitating a play theory workshop many years ago, I had a co facilitator who was helping me with the workshop. And after the workshop was over, I looked over to him and I said, Hey, how did that go? And I could tell that they were visibly (laughs) upset with me. And he gave me some tough feedback and told me that I was bulldozing him the the whole time and not letting him lead his section and interjecting. And I realized that I had unintentionally allowed some toxicity into the culture of the group that I was leading. And I didn't even realize it. When done in love, feedback can be a very powerful change agent. And I am so grateful for that moment where my co-facilitator was able to take me aside and give me that feedback and shape the culture in a positive way. And I think that is a very powerful way when done tactfully and with love that we can shape culture. The whole point of having a great sourdough culture is so that you can produce delicious sourdough bread. And the same goes for us in any social or organizational culture. If we don't have the right culture, if we are not making sure it's the right culture and there's no toxic bacteria, we are preserving that culture and creating inclusivity and making sure that we are intentional with it, we can produce amazing results. The power of culture is real. For this week's pro tip, I want you to ask the question, what is needed? This can be for a social group, this can be for work, uh, culture, this can be just in the walls of your home. Whether you have roommates or children or a spouse, I want you to ask this question, what is needed? And then courageously act on the thoughts that follow in order to improve the culture of your home, group, work environment, etc. If you can keep this question in your mind, you will be able to positively shape the culture around you. This is not an easy feat, but it is so powerful and important. And remember, when we are seeing culture, we are seeing the tip of that iceberg and the 90% of that deeply rooted culture is below the surface. And as we shape that culture, it will have monumental iceberg-like results in our daily professional and personal lives. Whether you're starting a culture from scratch or you're inheriting a culture from another group or organization, It's so important that we are intentional about our culture that we're forming and that we're making sure we are keeping out the toxic bacteria and always accepting and building upon the good and letting go of the bad and the toxic. Remember to look outward this week and ask yourself the question, what is needed? This is a great leadership quality to have and one of the best ways to build relationships and to create positive culture. As always, remember that happiness is a skill and life is a team sport. Catch you next week.